0: you know, we can like hurdle steadfastly toward basically ultimate destruction.
1: <laughs> you know, the government has all these patents on like being able to control emotional states remotely through computer screens and TV screens.
0: Bad girls, bad women, <laughs> or the ones who like to be naughty might go out and play. There will be enough female justices on the Supreme Court. When there are nine of course. Another woman is possible. Another woman has always already
1: began. Hello, thank you, New York City! Are you all ready to make a ruckus? And this is about the America that we are going to bring into this world. A nice body.
0: Hi. Hello, Kay. This is Savannah. I'm in Austin in my new apartment. Just moved in, using my hotspot, and I'm ready to go. Oh,
1: your, your Wi-Fi's not up yet?
0: No. It's up on Tuesday. Uh, it's okay. Sunday.
1: Um, yeah, I'm in New York, and I'm, you know, living.
0: <laughs> How's it Somewhere
1: going? Um it's okay it's hot it's summer it's quarantine still ish you know
0: hope i don't get covid
1: okay well speaking of uh the um earth trying to kill us um well i don't know about yeah but basically i guess this is kind of like yeah ecological balance of some kind which is Sort of where she starts chapter 10.
0: Yeah, I really like how she frames this chapter, actually. I, I found myself, like, agreeing a lot with it. And while, you know, there's always more to learn about this stuff, I think that the way that she frames... The, f- the chapter's called Feminism and Ecology, and I-, I like that she brings up that, like, these two things can be connected and that they, they actually do need to be connected. She kind of frames feminism as being... Like essential to our survival in the twentieth century, and she says in the twentieth century, that in every every scientific study about like climate change and and everything that's going on with the like climate change the whole world over is also about like human activity. It's 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 all human driven. Like these changes can be basically put on hold, at the very least, even like for survival or, you know, we can like hurdle steadfastly toward basically ultimate destruction. <laughs> and uh, it like t- yeah. is definitely backed up by science.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. One thing I noticed from this chapter was just like, there were a lot of really accurate predictions. Yeah. Like in general about how things were going to be, but yeah, in terms of environmentalism, It's weird because, okay, yeah, I always, or there is this association of, like, woman with the Earth and, like, Mother Earth and, like, you know, whatever. And then she also kind of sets up, you know, the scientific thinking or empirical science as being very masculine, which it is, obviously, and, like, just totally about use, I guess, and, like, control. But then she seems to say, oh, let's, like, kind of wed, like, let's use science as a way to master matter and therefore recreate the balance or even maybe a better balance, whatever, that we destroyed. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, doesn't that seem like you're just like leaning in further to the problem, I guess.
0: Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that. Uh, What would you say would be an alternative to that?
1: I mean, I guess, you know, the idea of in a sense like earth or like the environment has a logic beyond what we know or can know like that i don't know it sounds like a really bad idea to be like we're gonna decide the balance and we're gonna like control every aspect of the environment versus giving back more freedom to the environment to like grow on its own if that makes sense like
0: well i guess let's state let's let's get on the same page of what the chapter is saying and also for for listeners
1: okay if we plant a bunch of trees in a specific way that's still different than like letting trees grow unimpeded without being like torn down. You know what I mean? Like, and there's also a sense in which like, Oh, once the Amazon, like, you know, you burn down part of the Amazon, it never, it never returns to its prior state. I mean,
0: the particular issue of the Amazon burning down is like especially in the past year like a huge deal because of bolsonaro and like um just like the, there's like a yes we've been deforesting the amazon for a while but it's like there's a lot more press around it now there's a lot more science around it now that's showing how awful it is so it's unfortunate but i'm not sure that it was like as dire during her time of writing this as it is now I think it also just speaks to like how few Mm -hmm. like resources we have left that are still standing compared to like when she was writing this, like, it's just scary to read about what's going to happen after, you know, piece by piece, we just dismantle our environment and like destroy the like, the like last messages that we have.
1: Yeah. Well, but to be fair, Like, in the 1850s, the transcendentalists were like, we literally need to preserve our environment. Like, it's getting
0: gross. (laughs) Almost 200 years ago. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it has been probably almost forever. There's been this tension between, like, don't destroy the environment, you know? And, like, obviously, do you remember that commercial that we used to, um, I don't know, I just feel like we watched it to learn about pathos, but it was basically, like, a Native American in a canoe in a river, and then they, like are canoeing, and they, like, there's a bunch of trash or whatever, and it's, like, like, don't litter or something. I don't know, dude. It was just like this, but I feel like that is a...
0: But, yeah, I mean... What? Yeah, I don't know. That's also, this is kind of a rabbit hole to go down. Did you say, yes, you remember that commercial? I I don't, but but it sounds like a commercial that exists.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that, like, that to me, and I see this in America as, like, Oh, there's, like, the natives that, like, want to protect the environment. And that's, like, in a sense, like, seen as, like, backwards versus controlling the environment is seen as, like, progress. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, industrialization is seen as progress. But it's, like, and I feel like she's almost pushing that further. Hmm. And that's why I was, like, but what about the idea of, like, no, going back or whatever back means?
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's state the main idea of this chapter, I guess, for, for listeners and also to just get on the same page of what I think she is trying to say. Yeah. I mean, you tell, I'm like, you know, we both will offer our opinions. I just thought that this one, this was about um, trying to harness politically the direction of science and industrialization and innovation And trying to harness it towards her goals of cybernation, which is creating, it seems like she uses it in a lot of different ways, but she says mostly she uses cybernation to mean creating children without pregnancy, like of humans, which breaks down the family unit and just like severs our ties to like our body and like dependency on that. So harnessing science in that way, but also as an effect of that, like being able to have more control over our environment because although she doesn't focus on overpopulation as like a huge issue, she does bring it up and say, you know, okay, we have all these solutions like socialism or, you know, just environmentalism, but like, no matter what ism you choose the more people that exist in our world, the harder it's going to be to actually accomplish these things fairly for everybody. So let's take a multi-pronged approach. She doesn't, she seems to be kind of agnostic on the solution of the loss of our environment, save for the one thing that she really wants, which is releasing women from their biology. And she sees that as contributing to uh, a better ecology for our future because fewer people on earth or just less birth happening at the hands of women and this like really unequitable system that's driven by ego and like creating your own family causes people to destroy the environment at like for the sake of their family and like propagation of their family line. She argues that that is like a core driving force of why we're destroying our environment. Would you agree with that? Or do you have anything to add?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I would see like you say, like, Oh, population growth is sort of like um, it's mentioned, but you don't see it as like the main thing. I guess I see her focus as what, just like you said, like well, the destruction of the family and freeing women from their biological destiny, which I think she does. That's why I think she just comes off as such a like second wave feminist, mm-hmm. because she really, I mean, and it's good to be rooted in the biology, but she's just very interested in, like, fertility, pregnancy, and child rearing as, like, that's woman, mm-hmm. which I think in the popular consciousness that's true, so I get where she's, and I do think it's true that there was no way for there to be real, like, a real classless society when you have, like, a class of people that do... Pretty much all the child rearing. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I think at some point in here she mentions like, it's like 90 hours of work a week or something.
0: Yeah, I think it's 99.
1: 99.2. It's just like, how does someone... Yeah, I mean, that's literally like twice a normal job.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I think she says, um, for a mother, it's 99.2 working hours compared to like a man's like 40 to 60 and then like for single women it's like 16 or something like that so I don't know where those numbers come from but like I don't know I feel like there's a lot of nuance there that's like well 16 sounds like the woman is unemployed or maybe like maybe has a part-time job I I kind of wish she was a little better at citation um Mm -hmm like she she cites she cites a life magazine poll i think and and like she has a whole argument about oh like in this poll we asked like everyone like we took a sampling across america about who would be okay with cybernation basically and depending yeah. on how you phrase it a good number of people are like down with it And this includes Iowa farmers is what she says. She so she's like, yeah, you know, there's a survey that was talking about she's vague about what it is, but like, it sounds like the survey was talking about artificial reproduction, but that can take so many different forms as we know. Um, But her point was that if you phrase it the right way, and this is her political, this is her like political and cultural methodology coming through, I think is, she says, if you frame it the right way, if you have the right messaging, people are very okay with it. You can't call it sexual revolution. You can't call it, like, destroying the family. But if you frame it as... When she says, yeah, like, if you say
1: fertility technology can help a barren woman have her husband's child, yeah, people are more willing to support exactly. that. Exactly. Because it's reinforcing really family values. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think she's advising the reader, like you know, we should be for these things because they can be liberating, but you have to frame them the right way or else it'll set us back, you know, 25 years or whatever. You know, we'll, we'll never get what we want in terms of artificial reproduction if you call it sexual revolution. So you have to be like sneaky about it basically because the science is there. You know, she's very faithful about Yeah, the side like in within a few years we're gonna have this. We're in a few new years we're gonna have this. And she's not wrong. I mean, we have those things now. But I also am skeptical as to how much the messaging really matters. Um, I think it's worth, you know, put you know, putting forth that kind of type of messaging and not calling it sexual revolution, calling it, you know, freedom to to have a baby whenever you want. Except, you know, low key it also allows women to do whatever they want you know right I
1: think um yeah and like the important or like her important point that is the reason we would even want these things I mean it is liberating but she also says like pregnancy is barbaric and that I mean that's also what Simone de Beauvoir does but like basically that like there's just no reason that we should want it or want to go through it but there is and she talks about like the cult of natural childbirth where like people really push you to, and this is still the, there are still so many people like this. And, you know, huh? but anyway, that like, oh, if you take pain medicine or like, if you get a C-section, like they don't like that. They're like, no, you should do it the natural way. It's like, but it's like, why? Like no one else has to do this. So it hurts. It's not good for you. So anyway, I'm going to read this part that she talks about this. Um. Uh, Basically, Uh, moreover, childbirth hurts and it isn't good for you. 3000 years ago, women giving birth naturally had no need to prevent, to pretend that pregnancy was a real trip. Some mystical orgasm. The Bible said it pain and travail. Okay. And she does, she brings up the Bible a lot, which I want to go into later, but okay. Then, you know, she talks about blah, blah, blah. This whole idea of like returning to nature. And then this is in parentheses, which is just very funny. So, well, first she basically says, um, but the fact remains childbirth is at best necessary and tolerable. Yeah. It is not fun. And then, in parentheses, she says, <clears throat> this, is, this really reveals a lot. Okay. Like shitting a pumpkin, a friend of mine told me, when I inquired about the great experience you're missing. What's wrong with shitting? Shitting can be fun, says the school of the great experience. It hurts, she says. What's wrong with a little pain as long as it doesn't kill you, answers the school. It is boring, she says. Pain can be interesting as an experience, says the school. Isn't that a rather high price to pay for interesting experience, she says. But look, you get a reward, says the school. A baby all your own to fuck up as you please. (laughs) Well, that's something, she says. But how do I know it will be male like you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I love that it's
1: just in parentheses, too. It's like... This isn't even part of the text.
0: It's just a side it's just an note. Aside, yeah. um, <laughs> it's just in her head.
1: <laughs> but it's also like, it just, I mean, it's actually really good, I think, just um, rhetorically.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think that she's really gifted with rhetoric. Like, she she talks a lot about messaging, I think probably because it's a skill of hers. I mean, she, she knows how to write in a very interesting, dynamic way. And I think because that's one of her strengths, she sees culture and like the cultural and political lens as being a place where she can really contribute um so it makes sense that she's you know she's going for that i mean you were talking a little bit earlier probably before we started recording about like anarchy versus statism and like which one is she and i was just saying mm-hmm. how like you know she's she's more about culture i guess um pushing this culture forward but, uh, sorry, I kind of feel like I cut you off. Can You want to talk more about the the little exchange?
1: Uh, yeah, all I really wanted to say was just, like, I think it really... Well, she's ar- it, It's It brings together elements from earlier in the book where she talks about, like, that Freud thinks, like, oh, women basically... They realize at a certain point that they can't be men, mm-hmm. but that they can have a child. And that that's, like their way into the world and that that child can be a male, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I felt like, yeah, she was bringing that back rhetorically and it's like, also just funny, it's like, oh, it's all gonna be worth it because if you're gonna get to have a baby that you can fuck up. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. And then it's also like, the one domain really where like, a woman is seen to be in charge. You know, it's like, the man literally is like, even though it's obviously a huge toll, it's still like, It is yours. Like, even though, oh, it's still going to get the last name of the father, like, you're going to spend most of the time with it. You're going to, like, be able to shape the child in a lot of ways, you know? And it is, like, you know, when someone decides, like, what the child's going to wear, it's probably going to be you. You know, what the child's eating is probably going to be you. Like, so it is, there is a way in which, like, you have a kind of mastery that you just don't get in the external world, really, because the external world only wants you to be, Allowed to feel mastery with children, I guess.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and even then, it's like she comments on how it's like not, re- it's like so restricted. There's that that uh that exchange also where she talks about the roles in Victorian England. Like no one is, no one is uh. Th- there's no ambiguity there. There's no ambiguity with the wife and mother. Like she knows that she's expected to, um you know, mother the child up to a certain age. So, like, she even has, like, all of these restrictions on the very limited realm that she's even able to control. It's like, yeah, okay, you can have a baby to fuck up as you please, but also, you know, only until they're, like, six. After that, like, you're just kind of there. Okay, time to have another kid. It's, like, literally just, like, an incubator in in, in her view, so and I
1: see I see yeah I mean the other thing that she mentions too is like uh, it gets it gets I mean maybe I'm getting ahead of myself so you were talking about cybernetics and I wanted to say something about that that like so yeah she thinks okay it could work if we do this right it can work in our favor and we can like equalize things but there's always and she acknowledges this um, there's the risk that it can be used to to like increase the power differential that already exists, right? right? And I mean that's the way, yeah. That's what I fear. It's like I don't know. Um, like I'm trying to think of like okay, when we got birth control, it's like okay, you know this this thing that um, Bill Gates, you know, passing out condoms in Africa or whatever, or like <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's great, that's great. But then it's like you know when we forcibly sterilize people Mm -hmm. it's like that's controlling fertility but that's bad
0: yeah i think she, she yeah no you're right that that is a part that she talks about where it's like you can have like big brother like babies in test tubes and like everyone is monitored all the time and like it's like a police state like this ultimate like huge state control and i think that is where the like you mentioned anarchy versus statism before. And I think that is a demonstration where she kind of leans more toward anarchy is that she, she clearly doesn't want 1984. Um, and she, right. she knows that that's a, that's a a possible future as well with this type of technology. Um, and just also increasing surveillance in general and like the increasing complexity of society. Like she seems aware that like increasing automation could also mean increasing state control um so i wish she went into a bit more detail on that instead of just referencing 1984 although 1984 is a great book you know brave new world great um yeah i don't know
1: wait you want to hear something crazy? yeah just as a just to quick aside okay so you remember we read 1984 in high school yeah. right okay so this is just like crazy it's a crazy story okay so <laughs> i got this copy that in, like, the last kind of, um, you know, 60 pages or whatever. Maybe it was more than that. It was just a repeat of the pages before. Huh. Like, it's like a misprint. A misprint, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, but that part had been basically, like, replaced. So it's like there were pages that were there, right? Yeah. But they just had repeated. So I didn't get that part of the book. So I remember literally I was talking to Jake. You know, you remember Jake? Yeah. And we were talking about 1984 and I was like oh yeah 1984 like proves like you know they can't you know they can never get inside your mind and then he's like uh wait it literally proves the opposite and I was like wait what because like I just totally missed the part what? and then I eventually like I know That's I know wild. Isn't that, like so weird? and it's just funny because I mean I knew that there was a re- repeated part but like I just thought oh well it's just a misprint like I'll just keep
0: going anyway
1: it's just really funny and I eventually did read it but yeah
0: that's anyway, so crazy that was just crazy. that actually isn't it, crazy? it is it crazy it also like the the like what a book to have a misprint like that particular misprint in
1: I and yeah exactly that particular misprint I know that's why I was like whoa this is almost like did the government like purposely make this misprint
0: <laughs> that's so great honestly um, that's like art a little bit
1: it is like art a little bit <laughs> But it's just funny that it was, like, I just ended up looking like a total idiot. Like, I just had not read the book.
0: They and can't get inside your head. Oh, but they did. They already <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> <laughs> they literally uh, are controlling okay. your mind, dude. They they took the pages and replaced the words okay. with other words. I know.
1: Dude. I know. We also, okay, this, we don't need to get too much into this right now, but at some point we should. But just, like, you know the government has all these patents on like being able to control emotional states
0: remotely through computer screens and what i've never heard of this but i mean i believe sure why not
1: (laughs) yeah dude it's insane there's like whoo okay anyway so let's move on um but yeah cyber nation okay um oh yeah yeah i feel like this part where she says um Oh yeah, because cybernetics will replace work. Like, what work means is gonna be totally mm-hmm. different, right? And then she's like, "So no one will be working, so no one will be bringing home the bacon, right? So
0: like, there'll just be bacon right. everywhere, bacon trees,
1: <laughs> uh, or maybe we won't eat meat.
0: Yeah, but yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll just have uh soy lint. We'll just have a, a nice um slurry every day from or maybe the trough. We'll maybe what? Yeah."
1: We'll just blend up men and eat them.
0: Oh, that's not vegetarian, though. Yeah, it's not. But men aren't, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but no,
1: she doesn't actually go that far. She's not like uh, Valerie Solanus. But we should read that soon, <laughs> the Scum Manifesto. Because
0: hmm.
1: she goes as far as, like, we need to destroy the male sex. But
0: Yeah, this is Heidi for cutting is up men. Video. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it might be, like, still, like. It's still, like, wanting androgyny, I feel like. But, yes, it does sound much more violent than what Shuli is saying, where Shuli's trying to really make it sexy, I feel like. She's like, everyone will be, like, like the id will go free, (laughs) like, you know, we're not going to have any repression anymore,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, it really is. It does come off sometimes as a bit, like, naive utopian. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, her examples, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you want to talk about, like, Summerhill and, like, these, the Kibbutz experiences?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so here are these, like, like, before we get into that, basically she says her, like, four, um, and she, like, restates these in the chapter a few times, but her four, like, kind of standards for, like, what we need to do for, like, I guess society to be good. I don't know if good's the right word, but, like, free women from tyranny of reproduction by, like, every means possible. hmm The... Like, political autonomy of women and children, right? Um, And then the... Which kind of leads to overthrowing capitalism. And then the integration of women and children into society. So, like, she basically... There, she's like, we shouldn't have schools because they're separating children from, like, the rest of society.
0: Do you think she let kids into, like, into bars and into, like, like opium dens and stuff? (sighs) Dude... I feel like she'd fuck a kid. Yeah, I feel like she'd fuck so a many. kid. I feel like she'd fuck, like, maybe a 16-year-old. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's hard, too, because, like, I don't even know. It's hard, like, for me to answer these questions. I'm not gonna fuck a kid, but I just don't know, like, what age autonomy starts. I feel like that is, like, a fucking absurd question for us to even... It's just so weird that we just have like, oh, there's an age when like you're ready to deal with alcohol. Okay, there's a an age when you're ready. Like
0: there, no, 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 this is this is such an on-topic thing. I'm so glad I read about this before. There's a there's a fallacy. I can't remember what it's called. Sorites fallacy, I think. Have you ever heard of this? Or sorites paradox? Is it a
1: fallacy? Fallacy, but yeah.
0: Ha. Um, it's a paradox. Sorry. So the sorites paradox originated in an ancient puzzle that appears to be generated by vague terms like fuzzy logic so you might have heard of this but okay. it's it's basically like I'll bring it I'll bring it all back but um essentially it's the 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 idea that like one grain of wheat doesn't make a heap if one grain doesn't make a right. heap then two grains don't
1: okay it's so like with your is it with your like if you have hair and then you remove one hair you're not bald but then if you remove another yes. hair
0: yeah like at what well, yeah, at yeah. one point at what point are at you bald? Point bald um yeah exactly So, so that's, that's the same kind of fuzzy logic that can be applied to that we have to kind of work with, with the whole like child sex thing. And I think this is the best way I've found to explain it is, yes, like 18 is an arbitrary age that we set and yes, each state has its own, um, you know, laws of consent. So like, so it used to be 12. That was culturally determined. Then it's slowly been going up to 14, 16, 17, etc. So the point here being that like if you take a year off the 17-year-old's life and it's okay, now they're a 16-year-old, does it make them not ready? Does it make them actually a child? What's the difference between someone who is 16 and 364 days old versus someone who is 17 days old, you know, 17 years old. Um, there's no difference. But you have to put an arbitrary marker there for us to be able to, to determine rights. Because if you have, if you just rely on this, this it's essentially the fallacy is that if, uh, if something just because something is vague makes it an invalid, like an invalid marker. So it's like, yes, adulthood and maturity are vague, but that doesn't mean that they don't okay. exist,
1: right? Right. Actually, that was I really liked that point. I loved how you brought that home.
0: Um, I'm trying. I was trying to explain it, but yeah, it's it's just like a good, cause cause that would be something that I would. This is kind of an aside too, but I would argue with like atheists and like they would say things like this. I don't know why, but in like atheist communities, it just seems to be a thing. I don't know if it's because like it's a lot of like lonely dudes, but um. They would talk about like, well, pedophilia shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't talk about pedophilia like it's wrong or like you shouldn't talk about pederasty like it's wrong because age is just a number. Like it's, it's arbitrary. Therefore you can't put a marker there, but you, you have to. and destroy the mouse. Fools and villains. The female brain
1: happier at home. For the woman who said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. I was in an atheist community in college, and when I first started, we would do these kinds of thought experiments or whatever. We'd talk about something like this, and then I would be the only one that would be like, no, it's bad. (laughs) And then they'd be like, why? And it's like, oh, actually, I have no idea. (laughs) And so with children, I mean, I think it's really hard to tell when someone reaches maturity, but I do think also those years are so sensitive. But then I also think it's like the way our society is structured makes us more sensitive. Like Mm -hmm. a 17 year old is more sheltered because they're in school and not just in society, like out in society, right? Like people always tell us like, Oh, you're wait till you get to the real world. Wait till you get to the real, real world. But like, what if we were already like in the real world? Mm Mm-hmm would we already be more mature by 17? Like, I don't know. And she kind of says this too, right? Like, oh, if we let children, like, just, like, kind of be, like, adults, they'd be ready to, like, live on their own by 10 or... or does she say six? I don't even remember, but... Yeah.
0: You know what I'm talking about. Right. right? I, I think that she goes... To, to echo what you're probably trying to say, I think she does go a bit far in terms of, like, the, like, ultimate freedom of everyone because I think that there... Like there are, if she's, you know, if she's into science, she understands science is powerful. She under, She respects science. I feel like she kind of ignores all the science that has been done. And I know she kind of hates psychology, but like, it, it, the psychology is huge. It's a massive field. So like, it can't all be fake. But she, she kind of ignores like all the things we found out about brains. Like children's brains, babies' brains versus a you know a 10 year old's brain versus an adolescent's brain versus a young adult's brain versus a, a you know a middle aged person's brain versus an old like an elderly person's brain it's like there are actual material changes and there are trends there are studies that hold up and show that age is not just a number like there there are material differences in your brain when you're a young person versus when you're not and those those material differences I don't think she really addresses in her, her bio, her like biological overhaul of humanity, because I don't know how, right. I don't even know how we would address that. Like she, like at best motions to automation and like, you know, destruction of school. But like, that doesn't mean that children that like six year olds are going to be able to function on the same level power wise as a 32-year-old. Like, it's, it's, I just don't see how she brings that about with her argument.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, is I feel like this idea of, like, what is what is natural and what is culturally created, I don't think she's very clear on what her idea of it is. Because she does make claims about, Nate, like, there being natural... Like, she says, like, oh, that we have a natural polymorphous sexuality, for instance.
0: Yeah. So she... Oh, that's true. Yeah, I thought I thought you would see that. I thought you would notice that. Tell me what you think about what is natural about about polymorphous sexuality.
1: Well, see, I don't even know what she means by, again, like, obviously, what she means by natural, because she has this idea of, like, we can restore Eden, right? Yeah. Remember when she talks about that? And it's like, okay, so she is taking ideas from the Bible, but there is also, like, maybe she doesn't believe in the actual Eden, but then there's this idea that, like, oh, there was a time when, like, the female principle was, like, diffused throughout, and, like, I don't know, it's very weird, but, um, I don't know, it's really hard for me to, to know, like, if she thinks that she'll, there is such a thing as children. in this Yeah, like,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, she, she wants to abolish childhood like she wants to to destroy it as a category because she sees i think she sees the category of childhood itself as oppressive because of this whole freudian um, fund, like uh like the fundamental basis of like a lot of her analysis going back to like the first chapters of this book are freudian so like freud's sci- or, yeah, freud's theories of childhood really inspired her and they they i think they freak her out i think that freud says a lot about childhood and that a lot is like set in place within the patriarchal family before age six that like cannot be undone basically and i think she's just terrified of that being true and you know it may be true i think in a lot of cases it probably is true um but i also think that it's more complicated than that like there's people can change and uh, yes, like culture can change, but I'm not sure that simply getting rid of the category of childhood is the answer. I can see the impulse there and I can see why she would want to get rid of the category of being a child. But yeah, I I think it's a bit blunt. Like I think it's, it's too, it's too underdeveloped as an idea. Like, Oh, get rid of school. Let everyone have sex and you know it's like it seems kind of like a reaction to freud and like a reaction to maybe her upbringing and her own lived experience
1: i mean i do agree for the most part that like i think a lot of the things that she says about why private why private property happens Mm i mean the family is and why contracts happen the sexual contract like is the kind of initial example of like a working contract it's just the woman doesn't get paid but it is a contract that's what the marriage is it's like you basically are like yeah I'll raise I'll like have kids and you'll like make sure I stay alive
0: right the physical security and patronage but um yeah and then you own the children right
1: till they're six that's like literally what the word family comes from it, also, your slaves are part of your family, but it's all like what the male owns. But so, yeah, I do think, and I do think it's also true that the family is a huge source of like psychological fuck up or race. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, and what she does say too is like, I mean, I do think it puts a lot of pressure on individuals and it makes it so like if you have, if it just so happens that your dad is like an abusive asshole, your life's gonna just fucking suck. Mm-hmm. But it's like if. It is like, oh, all male figures, all female figures, all non-binary figures in the world could be your parental figure. Or, you know, there's not even an idea of a parental figure. It's just like, we're all part of, you know, one unit or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then she, she talks about the orphans in regards to this, right? Like, she calls an orphanage dumping grounds for the rejected yeah
0: yeah and it's like the parallel to prostitution it's like prostitution is necessary because of patriarchy and then orphanage is also necessary because of patriarchy
1: right it puts pressure on this the individual unit
0: and like the family
1: but yeah and then i guess we can go into like it starts communal living Mm -hmm. and communism so struck up russia and just why they failed And just basically because they didn't, they didn't eliminate the family and they didn't eliminate sexual repression, which, like, both of those things, and I do think it's true, like, the family unit itself isolates you, like, it's like, that's your world, that's how you learn about the world, that's where your emotional world is, and then, like, yeah, there's all the economic aspects, too, where, like, you're dependent on these specific people, and like, if we if we had like all children were cared for, because that's another thing. It's like people are like, oh, it's your responsibility to care for your child, just to provide for your child. But it's like, well, if you don't have children, meaning children aren't yours, then like it's everyone's responsibility. It's like diffused, and no one. Because I think she says this too. It's like one of the biggest ways that economic disparities get reproduced, and it's definitely true because. If you grow up in a poor family, you're just way more likely to end up poor mm-hmm. than if you grow up in a rich family because of, like, all the things that happen throughout your whole childhood right. that give you advantages or disadvantages because of your economic condition. So, like, there's no way that everybody can be equal until, like, you don't have families. And that's why you have inheritance, too. Like, who are you going to, like, be hoarding money for? It doesn't matter when you die, the money's all going to go to the state. Or, you know, it's going to be diffused. Like, when Bezos dies, his children will get nothing. <laughs> or he doesn't have children. There's no idea of that. So, like, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it does. That does seem like a, a more complete picture. And it does seem accurate to what she's saying. Yeah, I guess. I guess that does sound pretty anarchist, but I also, it just brings up, obviously as, as these kinds of new society, new utopian um, visions always do, it like brings up a lot of questions that I wish she were around to answer, but maybe we can also just speculate like if everything were diffuse, saying nothing about like the speed of this transition toward this utopia that she wants. Cause I think that it, that is important, but, let's just assume that everyone's on board everyone is everyone is in this theoretical hypothetical society they you know there's no distinction between adults and children there's no distinguish there's no distinction between men and women like probably even by maybe even biologically maybe we've evolved to a point where where even the physical distinction doesn't doesn't even exist anymore i'm not sure like if we've evolved to that point and everyone's on board then I guess the question is, do we still as humans have these vestiges from our past, like, you know, the year 2020 being the past um, of what power, who should have power and why, or is there a way for us to like, get over that? Like, that's, that's my question is like, I, I really, I would like to be an optimist and say, oh, we we would just evolve past the point of needing a power figure and like you know someone who has a monopoly on violence but these are these are just like huge questions that I feel like are even farther than what she's probably thought of I'm not sure what do you think
1: what I'm thinking of when you say that is kind of like the cultural revolution and just the and or you know even in 1984 I feel like they there is this disjunction from their past right like they they can't they like don't get to know about the real history, right? Mm. Like they just sort of have this vague idea of like there was some big, I'm like really not sure of the details here, but with co- the Cultural Revolution, right, they burned a bunch of records, specifically genealogical records, which is really interesting connected to this, right? Yeah. Because it was to make it so that you're, because especially in China, um, you know, with- Families, everything. Just filial piety and like, Yeah, and family is really important, and, like, just Confucian, like, um, ideas about family. It's like, this is your number one duty, basically. Mm -hmm. But, so you're never going to be more loyal to the state than your family. I mean, but the state is a big version of the family. I mean, come on. There's, like, all this stuff. But anyway, so to really um, blur who's in your family and who's not, you have to make, like, okay, by making it so the past disappears, or like you don't have access to where you came from, how you're connected to others, any—it's like you can really just give into the myth, the political myth that is being propagated. So, like for her, in her idea, I feel like would you want women and men to grow up knowing that there was a time when there was such a huge disparity between men and women?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I think that like, it's almost like there has to be a perfect storm and like a perfect confluence of ideas and technologies and social advancements. Have you read The
1: Power yet?
0: Yeah, yeah. I read The Power. The the one by Naomi Ackerman.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So, right. Don't they, This this kind of idea, especially at the end, right? You know what I'm talking about when Basically,
0: the person's writing. Right, it's like a meta, it's like, yeah, they're they're writing to the editor, but it's really like a, like Naomi, like a male version of Naomi. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, basically that, I mean, yeah, I guess we need to sort of intimate something at least to our audience if they haven't read this, but just the idea that, um, okay, let me just preface this by saying, the point of this book is that women in this book, suddenly however you want to put it gain the power to like kind of electrocute people
0: yeah <laughs> and they
1: can kill they have like a, yeah yeah they have like ha- can they have electricity like in their body so they become the dominant so and it doesn't basically cause a very physicalist idea that like the reason men are dominant is because they're physically stronger yeah. physically superior and superior um, and then in this world women become that and women have been you know dr- power of men up until this point and then they basically like take over right
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's like everything just flips we- it's just like a complete bipolar flip
1: yeah yeah and it's like women take on a lot of the quote-unquote characteristics of men mm-hmm. right so like uh, being, like, aggressive and, like, assertive and, like,
0: right. Yeah, like, feeling comfortable do- with domination. Like, they, they start raping. They start murdering a lot more. Like, all the statistics of, like, all the statistics about men just get flipped on their head and turned to women. Um, yeah, it's like, like, the women start wars. The women become, you know, mad with power. The women... Um, have complex feelings in their relationships
1: aren't men kind of just slaves
0: yeah it's like they just turn into like just like second class citizens and they're, they're talked about behind women's backs as being you know like oh he's good for this and that sexual favor or you know he's good for this and that type of work they're totally used so it just completely mimics the way that like and an author from a female perspective sees how women how women are treated today and just kind of flips it as like well what if we treated men this way
1: right and i don't want to like ruin the book but at the end basically you kind of re- it's like a meta like somebody's writing like the author of this book is basically writing to his friend about the book or like yeah sh- showing a copy of the book and then she or maybe his editor and then she's basically like oh this is just kind of such an absurd idea because everybody knows, like, women were always in power.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, like,
1: there's no evidence that men ever had any power. And he's like, oh, there's, like, some, like, partially, like, partially still intact, like, statuettes of, like, men as warriors. Yeah. And she's just like. That's ridiculous. Men were never strong. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> she's literally like, men were never strong. Bye. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, like, how, how could we even know? if women had been in charge at some point.
0: I mean... Right, because the, like, historiography is even tilted in a sexist way.
1: I think that's the, the, the truth of even what our nature is, and, like, her pushing what certain nature is, is, like, we can't know our nature. And she says that, too. We can't know our nature because we've never been able to really live our nature because of the, kind, the systems of oppression and domination that have existed. And, like, women have never been able to, like, know themselves through... Their own eyes, not through the eyes of men. Because even when women create stuff, and even her herself, like she's creating this work and like there, it's great in a lot of ways and it does a lot of things, but she still recreates so many of these systems of oppression that she's supposedly trying to escape. Like she's so heterosexist throughout this. Like she will just, or heteronormative, right? Like she's just like, oh, men are attracted to women mm-hmm. physically.
0: Yeah, she assumes that that's natural.
1: But then when she says natural polymorphous sexuality, it's like, okay, so do you mean... Yeah, but what's natural then? <laughs> so, the na- what's natural about it? Yeah, I think the only thing natural about humans is adaptability or flexibility. like Because we do... The proof of that is just like, there are so many different ways of mating. Okay, that's really weird. But um, just like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, systems of mating in different places and like... I don't know but I don't think something's more natural than anything else like I don't like to use the word natural I think it's like it itself is an oppressive system because it sets up this dichotomy that like and like what is natural I mean she's just saying that we need to escape what's natural because what's natural quote-unquote is women giving birth and babies sucking our teeth or whatever you know (laughs) so I don't know right She's
0: a slut. Mommy,
1: put No, no, Know your role and shut your mouth. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will go over you.
0: Facelift, perhaps? Yeah, well, how do you feel about the reasons for the failure of the Russian communes? Is confusion kind of, of the leadership and evasion of the problem? The laborious task of reconstruction in general, given the cultural backwardness of old Russia, the war and famine, lack of theory, no attempt has been made to deal with emotional, sexual, familial problems in the formulation of basic revolutionary theory. So, yeah, it's just like the theory lacks feminism, basically. And then sex negative psychological structure of the individual. (laughs) Yeah. Can you explain this quote from Reich directly? it must be remembered that human yeah. beings have a tremendous fear of just that kind of life for which they so they long so much, but which is at variance with their own structure. What, is, what does that mean?
1: I know. Okay. So I, I wrote this quote down too because I'm like, I love it, but
0: I don't know what it means. Um, I do too.
1: <laughs> but because this is the thing. All right. First of all, it starts out with, there's two kind of points to naturalism here. Cause it's like human beings have a tremendous fear of just that kind of life for which they long so much. So, why are they longing for it? Are they longing for it because, like, they just naturally long for it? Or is he saying they long for it because of something like um, enforced or, like, you, you know what I mean? And then he says, but which is at variance with their own structure. So, again, own structure is that a natural structure or is that the structure of our lives, as in the way that we have formed society and like the way our lives are structured because of that. So that's why I was confused with this. Um, But it seems like he's saying kind of the, like there is, there's something we want, but we won't give it to ourselves.
0: Right. Yeah. I I wonder what it is though. Like what's the thing we're not giving to ourselves?
1: Is it sexual freedom?
0: I mean, William Reich is definitely very into sexual freedom. Like that, that was his thing
1: This is from sexual revolution. Yeah. Right. I mean, Yeah, yeah. so like sexual freedom, but then maybe also like part of that is freedom from the family, but that we're afraid to live without the safety of the family. And it is also because like we've known it, Mm -hmm. right? Like like you made that point already, but it's like, how could we even, it's not like this, but it's kind of like how, how do we just like transfer over to the metric system? Because we're going to have so many old people that won't, they just have their whole lives, you know, using miles and they're just going to be like, wait, what?
0: Well, yeah, even like, even our like computer like systems are built like that, like our our cars,
1: like the speedometers. I'm like,
0: yeah, the way things are priced.
1: I'm like, yeah, exactly. So it's like, it can't just happen. It's like all these things have to change. And it's just like that takes time. And then people are, it still lingers,
0: I guess. Is- right. Well, I mean, that this that's the case in England, too. People, people still measure in stones. Like even though yeah, people will still say state their height in two different systems. They'll state their height in kilograms and in stones sometimes. Sometimes only stones. What about the fuck is stones? It's like, I don't know. I think it's maybe like 12 pounds or something. I got to look it up. How much okay. is a stone? <laughs> I feel like you're going to get I mean, but it's for it's 14 pounds. Wow. Okay. Um... And they'll say like, yeah, I'm like i'm you know like seven stone seven stone 14 or something and i think the 14 is pounds yeah i don't know <laughs> okay that's weird
1: that's really weird but okay d- but on their like scales when they stand on like a scale
0: i think it's only in metric i think it's just that, like people uh, it's like an estimate almost like uh I mean, it, it, it is an actual unit, but I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it on a scale. But you're right. Like, I just, just to, like.
1: Oh, yeah. the family and the structure of the family psychologically on people is going to be a lot harder to shake. Like, if we just told us right now, all right, no more families, like, you're still going to talk to your mom, aren't you, Savannah? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And you're still going to talk to your dad and you're probably still going to, like, talk to your sister and still want to do, like, holidays with them and, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. You're still going to want to basically still be in a family. Yeah. I think it would be really hard to break these units that are already.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because it would essentially be setting people back in the short term. People don't want any setbacks in the short term.
1: And it would be like if you're a kid, it's like, oh, like this is your parent. Like, bye. Like, never mind. Like, you're going to go live in a... You know, dormitory with a bunch of other kids and <laughs> have no hugs anymore.
0: Yeah, but. or you—you're you, only allowed to have sex with each other, but no hugs from the parents or adults. Oh, actually, I want you to re- react to this quote. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've—this is—I can't remember where this is from, but it was—I was listening to the Brunix podcast and they—they they brought this up. Um, so it's like a reference of a reference, but someone was talking about how. <laughs> The left is, is always going to be against sex between a 46-year-old and a 19-year-old unless the 46-year-old... A 46-year-old man and a 19-year-old woman unless the 46-year-old man is paying her. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh yeah.
1: Yeah, it is weird about the, pay- the payment, too. Like This whole tension between, like, mm-hmm. female roles and, like are they okay being unpaid, but then also, are they okay to pay for? So it's, like, it doesn't seem like there's a good answer either way. But, yeah, that's a really interesting quote. I mean, uh, do you think it's always, though?
0: Nah. I mean, I'm sure that there are leftists out there who are, who are like, more more cell or more against – or they're more about sexual purity or whatever. Um, I mean, there's every kind of flavor out there, but, like – I guess centrally the left probably would agree with that statement um, because the left cares. I think it really sums up that like the left cares most about power and uh, that like there you, you see all these power differentials with the gender and the age difference. And those are immediately apparent in this situation. But then the payment supposedly offsets that balance of power right but but when you put it out loud like that when you say it out loud it's like oh this still doesn't feel that still doesn't make me comfortable Mm -hmm. so it's like there's so much more nuance that I feel like can be explored
1: (laughs) I think maybe I'd feel differently if also men just didn't necessarily make more than women because then even the money to him means less to him than it means to her
0: yeah yeah exactly and only that but like the person who renders services is automatically like in the working position versus the one who is you know offering the currency the, the payment like this this implies a lot of cultural patterns like it implies that the man makes enough money to do this maybe regularly it implies that the woman does this regularly and she is maybe like in an employment situation so it's like it's it just has a lot of implications i guess but yeah i guess questions like that to like zoom out and back to like you know this utopia that um that truly wants in the future it makes me wonder like psychologically if we'd be able to move at the right speed i guess because she she really wants to put in place the physical and technological and material like fundamental building blocks of this new society where you know we like no one has to be pregnant and it's just like a she calls it like a tongue-in-cheek archaism um in the future, and so, like, there's no difference between men and women, there's no difference between adults and children, there's no, there's, like, no power differentials, or the power differentials are so small as to be insignificant, um, there's no work, you know, we don't do, we don't do school, there's no, like, coercion, um, okay, so that's pretty utopian, but, like, psychologically, do we have to do, like, alter our psychology first, or do we have to alter the material conditions of society first, because I think both answers can, can cause disaster. Like if you, if you put too much energy into, I guess, like the technological mode, as she would say, um, it can lead to, you know, big brother, 1984, brave new world, like ultimate statism and control of humanity. Um, or, you know, just like evil use of the technology, or, if you put too much into the like emotional, cultural, psychological vein, like the aesthetic mode that she's talking about, it could just lead to like an unsubstantiated, like fantastical non-reality of people just kind of like living in their heads and like not actualizing anything um, like in the material world. I don't know if any of that made sense. <laughs>
1: no no it did it did because isn't that like a big part of her um like at the end of I think the last chapter when she's talking about like we're gonna get to a point where like our there's no difference between our ideas and reality
0: yeah yeah I guess so and like ideally I can see why that's a necessary step um because what I like what I'm grappling with is like I guess what I just asked is what comes first, the technological or the aesthetic? And I guess they kind of have to happen at the same time, but I feel like if we if we don't have the right steps in the right order, then it'll all collapse and it'll all just like go astray. I don't know. Maybe that's like too too worrisome of me.
1: Cheering note to end on. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Gender Playbook. This has been an Askins theme production.
0: Intro music by Savannah Theme.
1: Please tune in again next week if you'd like to play some more gender games with us.